when you get asked, what medications are you on? Please, please, please do not say, I'm on the little white one. Hello and welcome to A Doctor's View, a podcast looking at everyday health topics and life through a doctor's eyes. Please note that all opinions are my own and should not replace the advice given to you by your own doctor. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Let's begin. Hello, thank you for joining me again. I'm Dr. Bolivios. So today I'm going to be talking about what happens when you go into hospital for an operation and I don't mean just the usual patient information leaflets. I'm going to talk about sort of the in detail from what happens when you first get your operation letter, your theatre slot, all the way through to when you go home. Um, the reason why I decided to do this is because I get asked quite a few of the same questions each time by patients and thought it might be a nice idea to give a brief overview um, to help answer some of these. So what is it that actually started off this whole journey? Well usually it involves a visit to your general practitioner, your GP, to discuss a problem. Let's say for example you have a hernia. The GP will examine you, will um, take a history from you and if it's not an emergency, uh, just requires a routine um, appointment to the, to the specialist, he or she will refer you to uh, said specialist. You will then receive an outpatient appointment clinic letter. You will go to that appointment uh, usually within a few weeks, uh, depending on depending on the severity of the condition and also the um, your presentation and also what specialty it is that you are uh, being referred to. When you go to your clinic appointment, you have a consultation. And a plan of action will be discussed between yourself and the team member, be it consultant, registrar, etc. If surgery is required, um, the risks of that operation are discussed with you and together with the, with, the, with the doctor, with the surgeon, you decide that this is something you want to do or something that you uh, wish to have more time to think about, which is absolutely fine. If that is the case, usually you'll be booked again for a follow-up clinic appointment where you can uh, further discuss this and be booked on for theatre if you need. Once you've made the decision to go ahead with surgery, you'll be booked into a theatre slot and an information leaflet and appointment date will be sent out into the post and your GP will also get a copy of the of the letter that making saying that you've been accepted for surgery and that you would like to go ahead with it. So... You receive the information pack through the post along with your clinic dates, um, so your, your your operation date. And usually in this pack, you get some clear instructions. Sometimes they can be a little bit hard to read. Sometimes they can be a little bit confusing. But on the whole, the main things that they tell you are things like bring your medication in with you, bring an overnight bag, and it also gives you very specific fasting instructions. This is where I will say, for the love of all that is holy, please follow these fasting instructions. There is a reason why they are there. The reason is, is because being unfasted or having eaten for your operation can actually endanger your life. It can um, usually will result in you being cancelled on the day. But if you lie and if you do not stick to the fasting regime, 
And if you decide to go ahead with the operation without telling anyone that you have eaten or drank within the um, within the time range that you've been banned from um, or been restricted from from doing so, you are putting your lives in danger. The reason for this is because when you are under an anaesthetic, you lose the ability to keep everything down that's in your stomach. This means that ongoing ongoing sleep, these things can then come up into your throat and be inhaled into your lungs. This is called aspiration. This can lead to huge complications, including aspiration pneumonia, and you could end up on intensive care, ventilated, and on life support, and this can and has led to death. So when you receive these fasting instructions, it is not simply a uh, an excuse to be awkward. It's not um, for anything other than your own safety. Other things that you'll be told are things like bring an overnight bag. And this is also because um, we don't know, you may have to spend the night. It may also be predetermined that you'll be spending the night uh, in the hospital because the operation might be slightly bigger or it might be a long, long procedure and need a bit of um, extra um, time to recover or to be monitored in the hospital. And this can be quite normal. You may also be asked to go to what's called a pre-assessment clinic. And this is typically done a few weeks before an operation date. Sometimes it can be longer and sometimes it can be shorter, but on average, a few weeks before. And you'll be seen there by a pre-assessment nurse. And the nurse's job would be to take a history from you, uh, gain um, insight into what medications you take, any allergies, just typical um medical questions and together uh, with with the nurse and potentially an anaesthetist as well they'll deem whether the you are a high risk patient or a low risk patient and if there's anything else any other investigations that need to be done so high risk patients tend to get referred on to um, a more senior um, person in the department to have a look at your notes and it what this does is it prepares the team in advance for your operation. So supposing, for example, you have a history of heart disease or history of a previous um, complicated anaesthetic or complicated operation, and this is going to be a complicated case, it may be decided within the team that you require further investigation before the operation can go ahead. For example, perhaps a heart trace or another scan, or you may need to have an intensive care bed booked. All these things are just to increase your safety and to limit the chance of anything, any surprises on the day. You will also be told whether or not you need to carry on taking a specific medication if you're already on one or a, a date at which to stop a certain medication. For example, there are medications that require you to, to hold off prior to having surgery. This is done on a case-by-case basis and I can't give any generalizations as such, but you should usually be told about these when you go to your pre-assessment clinic. So you are now in a position you've got your operation date, you've got your instructions, you know to remain fasted, you've got your overnight bag, you go into the hospital and what would happen is typically 
you go to either straight to a ward or to an admissions lounge. And this admissions lounge is specifically for people that are going into surgery that day. And later on, we either go uh, be discharged home if it's a day case or we'll go to a ward afterwards. So in the admissions lounge, you'll be seen by a lot of people in a very short space of time. You'll be asked to get there if if it's known to be an afternoon operation, you'll be asked to get there from, say, 11 o'clock onwards. Or if it's going to be an, a morning operation, you are asked to get there around 7.30 in the morning. These times differ between hospitals and between departments, but it's a general rule of thumb. Now, the reason why you're asked to get there so much earlier than perhaps your operation time may be is because things change Patients may be cancelled due to unforeseen circumstances and in which case you'll be bumped up the list or there may be um, slight things that need to be done, be it uh, a heart trace or something, something small, blood's taken. Just typically all these things um, need to go in, it needs to be done before, before the operation is able to go ahead. This pre-op time is also a time where you get to meet your anaesthetist and you get to meet your surgeon or a member of the surgical team. And this is a very important time for, for both sides, both for the patient yourselves and also the uh, medical personnel that you meet. And here's why. So you'll be greeted by the the surgeon. They will go over what's been discussed in, in the clinic appointments prior. You'll go over your consent form and this is a form, uh, usually yellow, can vary, um, that you sign. It's got all the, explains the procedure that you're having done, the reasons why you're having it done, and also the um, the risks involved with that operation. It is so that you're aware of these risks and that you're happy to go ahead with this. So you then ask the surgeon any questions you have regarding the procedure. Once you're happy and the surgeon is happy, um, an anaesthetist will see you also. This tends to be the anaesthetist that is on the list and will uh, be conducting the anaesthetic, or it might be another anaesthetic member um, of of the same team. So, things that the anaesthetist asks. So, I can actually talk about this. This is something that I do on an everyday basis. And... Amongst those things, you get a, a history taken. So we'll go over your notes, go through some of the medical problems that you've had and some of your medications, some any allergies that you may have. And also you'll be asked some very specific questions to anaesthetic. Usually these may include things like, have you had an anaesthetic before? And if so, were there any problems, or any family history of problems? And you also typically have your airway assessed. So it means opening your mouth and perhaps moving your head a little bit. And this is important. It's an odd thing to ask people to do, but it allows us to assess your airway. You also be asked things regarding your medical history that is very important not to lie about. I've had patients when I said, any medical problem, sir? And they've said, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Fit as a fiddle. I've then gone to examine the patient and found a massive surgical scar going from the top of his chest all the way down to the bottom. And I asked him, what, what, what's that from? Oh, well, that was from the heart bypass several years ago after the, the third heart attack I had. You know, these are 
things that you really shouldn't keep from someone that's about to anesthetize you or from anyone in the hospital that has asked you for your medical history. I know there is a, a culture and a, and we are human and we, we just want to please other people. Um, but believe me, you'd be much happier to know to know the, the truth from the start. Also, and I, this, I say this as a plea more than anything else, when you get asked what medications are you on please 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 do not say i'm on the little white one there are thousands and thousands and thousands of little white pills i do not know what they all are and i imagine neither does the person that that, that distributes them it's impossible to know what this little white pill is i need to know names of the drugs and ideally i need to know doses and how often you take them equally if you bring in one of those um uh, what do you call them those uh dividing things that that have your days and and the dumb tablets that you take in that's all well and good but please make sure there's a list with them i cannot identify a drug just based on what it looks like it's not going to happen also um Please mention any allergies you have. Hay fever is not an allergy. I'm talking about an actual allergy. Food allergies are important. And also, when you will be asked again, um, when did you last have something to eat? And when did you last have something to drink? And what were what was this? Please, please, please do not lie. As I said before, this is very dangerous. And it is asked for a reason. And you are asked to stay fasted for a reason. Okay, it's, I can't emphasize this enough. And I've had patients where they've told me they've fasted. I've walked away about to leave the leave the room. And thankfully, and all credit to them, at the last minute, they said, by the way, uh, I did have a grape or I did have a sweet. Yeah, and they've had to have their operation delayed now for their safety. So, you know, please don't think I'm going to have, I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to have my operation delayed. Having your operation on time in an unsafe manner is no help to anyone, including yourself, including your families. The last thing anyone wants is to have, uh, have a conversation with a family member to say that a relative is on intensive care because they've had an aspiration during surgery um and there was a lot of food that came out or there was something that came out in from the from the stomach this is not nice for anyone please just stick to the rules and also if if there is any uh question just mention it to the mention it to the anesthetist mention it to a staff member when you go in um for your assessment so you've been seen by all these people now you've been seen by the nursing staff in the admissions lounge or on the ward you've been seen by the surgeon you've got your consent form signed you've been seen by the anesthetist you've given the history um you've had all your drugs um uh, noted down you've all your allergies noted down everything seems good to go and for most cases yes absolutely fine there are some things that we don't know the answers to and Unfortunately, asking them to different people uh, at different times is not going to change that answer. Number one, asking um, the surgeon how long is the operation going to take, that's probably the best person to ask. 
they may say about an hour, may say between an hour, an hour and a half. They may not be able to give you an actual time frame because of the type of case it is and it depends on what they find when they begin the operation. Asking that question again to the anaesthetist and to the nurse is not going to change that answer. They're the best person to ask. If they can't give you an answer, I'm not going to be able to, or the anaesthetist is not going to be able to give you a different answer that is of any accuracy whatsoever. So please bear that in mind. Also, theatre list orders are subject to change. They shouldn't be too dynamic, but they can change. And this can be based on a number of different reasons. There may be um, a, a more pressing procedure that needs to be done first there may be a patient may need to be um, fed faster afterwards because they are diabetic there's a number of different things so please try and be patient with uh, with the order I know it can be frustrating and if there's a delay or if um, you've been waiting for a very long time we do all understand that you, you're hungry and thirsty and we will do our very best to try and limit the amount of time that you stay fasted for or the amount of time you have to wait. I promise we do not do it on purpose and any delays are as a result of patient safety or as a result of unforeseen circumstances. It's not something that's planned for. So once all of this is out the way, you then be called up for um to be led up into the anaesthetic room usually by either a nursing staff porter um, or, or a member of member of the team you will have a wristband on you you will have um, your notes come with you as well usually carried by someone and then when you come to the anaesthetic room there is what's called a team brief and in that team brief with with yourselves we have a um, a small discussion as to are you the correct patient? You the, is this the correct procedure we're doing? A correct side to be operated on? You may have an arrow drawn on you if it's specific to one side. Um, and this is, again, for your safety. And this happens several times to the point where you may get a bit fed up of it. And it's completely understandable why. But just unfortunately, it's something you have to grin and bear and go through the motions. So you will be asked for your name and date of birth more times in one day than you could possibly um, fathom. But unfortunately, that's the way things go. Um, once that's done, you'll have what's called a cannula inserted into your hand or into your arm. And this is a small little plastic tube and it shouldn't be too uncomfortable to have put in, similar to having blood taken. And this allows the administration of medications and some fluid. Once that's in and everyone's happy, um, you will receive some oxygen. You will have some, might have some fluids going through this cannula and some medicine will go in and it will slowly drift off to sleep. Usually about 20, 30 seconds can take, give or take 10 seconds. And from that moment on, you won't remember a thing. Um, you will wake up in recovery and you will maybe a bit groggy for for an hour or so but more often than not people are able to chat and um you know be be alert after after a relatively short time this can depend on how long the operation's been and also on yourself as well everyone is different you may get a little bit of nausea may have a little bit of discomfort but on the whole uh, you'll be have you'll have lots of medications on board to help with all of those symptoms. And if you're not comfortable, you just let someone know, and we'll be able to help. Once 
the recovery staff are happy that you're making good progress, that uh, you're not in in pain or that you're not feeling sick or that your blood pressure is okay and your heart rate, all these different things that they have um, able to check against their, their charts, you will either uh, be discharged home if it's a day case or um, if you're planned for an overnight stay, you will then go to a ward. It may be the ward that you've come from just before the operation or it may be a, a completely different ward that's designed to look after you after your operation and you may stay there for a day or so or longer depending on uh, the surgeon's plans for you. Once on the ward your um, surgeon will usually come and see you at some point um, you can ask any questions you have they, they'll explain how the procedure went and if um, if you have any any further questions just regarding your follow up, um, there'll be a good time to to ask you. I'm sure you will get instructions as to when you'll be uh, seen again in clinic if it's needed. Um, a letter will always go out to your GP as well, re- explaining to them what you've had done and what the findings were. If you're waiting for any results, say from a biopsy or um, some uh, a tissue sample. Um, Usually at that point, a clinic appointment will also be made for you in a, in a couple of weeks' time or a few weeks' time, uh, depending on how urgent it is. And you'll see a member of the surgical team in, when you come back for that. Before you go home, you will be uh, given some medications to take home with you. Um, usually this will be pain relief or any other uh, medicines that the surgical team wish you to be on afterwards. Um be it as a result of, of the operation you've had or something that they think will help you later on. So this is important to follow the instructions. The nursing staff will explain everything there is you need to know about these medications and you should get a what's called a discharge summary, uh, which is a just a little summary explaining why you've come into the hospital, um, what you've had done and what the follow-up plans will be, be it an outpatient clinic appointment or be it for your general practitioner, your GP to follow you up on. And if there's any instructions for the GP specifically, like perhaps um, requiring a blood test in a week's time or um, requiring further medications to be prescribed later on, uh, these are all, all things that should be mentioned in this note. And your GP will get a copy of that along with yourselves as well. So at this point, you should be ready to go home and they'll be, usually you'll have someone pick you up uh, if this is not possible. Um, transport has been arranged for you um, before. Uh, this is usually, usually agreed at some point if, if, if it's needed. And um, you will then be sent on your way with... Um, hopefully having all your questions answered uh, with your discharge with your medications and with a plan for later on if at any point say you were due to have an outpatient clinic in say you were told it's going to be in a in a three or four weeks time and you don't get a letter or you don't get a date um, or, or you feel like you've been forgotten it's important to give secretaries a call the secretary of the um, surgical team that have been looking after you on the ward and they should be able to chase that up for you and ensure that the right person is um, is made aware so that a plan can be put in place make sure that don't get forgotten in the system it doesn't happen often but it's something to be aware of So thank you for listening. I hope that's been a rough 
and you know relatively helpful guide as to just the general things that happen um, from the time of going for an operation and then leaving the hospital um, it's a very brief summary it's but it does hopefully highlight some of the important important things to know I think um, a main message would be if you have any questions at any point along these along any of these paths be it at your GP be it at your um, clinic appointment be it at the pre-assessments talking to the anesthetist on the day talking to the surgeon on the day if you have any questions what I'd advise is write them down and come up with a with a list of questions it's incredibly easy to uh, have all these questions in the in your mind and then you go to uh, see the person that you wanted to ask this question for and and forget and it's it's human nature it's something we all do we have them in the back of our minds just make a list and we i promise we don't mind if you come with a with a list of some questions um just about your anesthetic or about your surgeon about your surgery sorry and um, we'll be more than happy to answer them and also it'll put your mind at ease and if at any point during that whole whole process you have questions ask them as and when you get as and when you you think of them um, you don't need to wait uh, but if you find yourself coming up with stuff at home like I say write a list and we will answer them also please follow the instructions the pre-op um, instructions they are important they are there for your safety and please please i appreciate the need to want to appease um, appease the hospital staff appease the medical staff but it is important to just tell the truth the whole time be it any any medical problems or any allergies or any medications you're on um, or whether or not you've remained fasted of the time that that's been required of you these are all really important and we only ask you to do that for your own safety If any of you do have any operations coming up, I wish you all the very best in them and I hope everything goes well. Thank you so much for joining me today and for listening. I hope it's been insightful. And as always, if there's any topics that you'd like me to cover, please feel free to email me in the description of this podcast and I look forward to joining you again next time. Thank you very much. I'm Dr. Bolivios. Goodbye. Goodbye.